Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. On Wednesdays, Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're in the book of Genesis, and we're going to uh, plow this field until uh, God says different. I'm certainly learning a lot about uh, what happens, what has happened, what is going to happen. You know, when you read the word of God, you really have to slow down, stop, just like you do with any other uh, studies. You don't just jump in, read the chapter, and, you know, and oh, I've, I've grasped everything that I need to know from it. No, there's some more that you need to know from it. And the word of God is inexhaustible. So you're not going to get all that you, uh, I get all that I can get out of that. No, I think the Bible said that the Lord, uh, when he was with the disciples after his death, burial, and resurrection, that he was giving them instructions and he told them um, what to do, how to do it, where to start at and expand. And you, you'll find that in Luke, I believe about the 24th chapter. Uh, but the Bible says that he opened their understanding. So no matter what you might read, whether it is in school, um, your curriculum or Bible study, there's room to grow. And when God opens your understanding, that's a game changer right there. Uh, that's why they knew what it meant to baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. So when Peter was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came in like a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting and uh, like a flame set up on them and they had cloven tongues um, on that day, which is still a gift for today. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Because his understanding was opened. He was clear. His thoughts was clear. He wasn't, his mind wasn't clouded, but he was clear in what he was and what he needed to do. Are, are you clear this evening? Do you know what you need to do? Are you willing to do it? Now, as I said, we're in the book of Genesis touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation and a principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. 
And, and so uh, Genesis 15 and 1, the Lord spoke to Abram and said, uh, the, the word of God says that uh, he came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, for I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. And that's something that you're going to want to hold on to is that God is your protection and he is the greatest asset you'll ever have. He is your greatest gift. He is the greatest of everything that you will ever receive. Uh, it, then he tells him uh, in Genesis, the 17th chapter, in the first verse, uh, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And so it don't matter what age you are. It comes a time that you got to put away all the shenanigans and walk before the Lord. And Abram had many visitations prior to this, but the day came that God said, enough is enough, man. Come on, get it together. It's time to, to do what I want you to do and the way I want you to do it. Cut out all the shenanigans that you got going on. Get rid of all the skeletons in the closet. You know, clean that closet out. Stop holding on to stuff. You know, don't be hiding stuff for a moment. Uh, you know, sometimes people hide stuff so when they have a moment, they can they can reach up and grab it and say, that, oh, I had a weak moment. No, you, like the rest of it, you're going to refrain from just doing any and everything and doing things that you wait the way you want to do it. We don't... We're going to refrain from certain pacifiers. Now, there were some some things that we got away with. Some things we did. We used as we self-sedated and all that, but not today. No, we're we're way past that. And, and so um, he told them to walk before me and be perfect. And so here we are today. We can walk before the Lord and be perfect in whatever area that he's asking us to be perfect in. We can perfect the things that he is asking us to perfect. Well, Genesis, the 19th chapter, this is where we're going tonight. Uh, the 12th verse is where we're gonna start at. And so we know Lot is now down in Sodom. Situation is, is rough. Or at least it's about to get rough. He's in a situation that he never thought he would be in. All right. And just like you and I, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we just never thought would be happening. Not, you know, as so we think in our minds, not in this time in our lives, but uh, the wind blows. The rain shows up unexpectedly. You know, it gets hotter, a little hotter than what we thought it was going to be. And hopefully you're staying hydrated here in Southern California and uh, the United States, certain parts there. It is uh, in the triple digits. And I even heard that um, same thing overseas and in other continents here. In some places, people are just used to it. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we complain a lot here in the States as far as weather, if it's too cold, if it's too hot. And I'm sure there's people that at other places, you guys get the same thing too. But listen, stay hydrated, take care of yourselves, be conscious of what you're doing, where you are, um, you know, in your activity so that you don't make yourself sick or, or anything. Take care of your body, which um, is a temple in itself. You dwell there. And so 
All right, so Genesis, the 19th chapter, beginning at 12th verse, and the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides the son-in-law, thy sons and thy daughters, and whosoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxed great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and said unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemeth as one that mocketh unto his son-in-laws. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are with, are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, while he lingered, while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him that, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. First Corinthians 15 and 13 says, be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to talk about your word. Lord, this is also an opportunity that we may understand and live your word. Help us, Lord God, to apply your word in our lives. Lord, to uh, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says, while he lingered. And this is, this is interesting because he, he lingered. The word linger stood out to me and maybe something else in the reading of the scripture stood out to you. But this is one that, that stood out to me that I want to talk about. The word linger. Now, Lot stayed in a place longer than necessary. Uh, there was some reluctance to leave. And so it raises the question of what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Sometimes we stay in situations um, that we know it has run its course. It has come to an end. And sad to say, that's, it could be, um, I'm not against marriage or anything like that. Um, I think relationships are something that, that needs to be nurtured. You work through, you go to counseling and, and different things. But there are times that certain certain things have run its course and you're not. You're just lingering around, abusing yourself and not trying to work on it. And so what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to work on? What are you waiting for to change? What is it? What's going on with you that you linger in a particular situation instead of changing? Maybe it's employment. You don't like the way things are going at work. 
and you want to change, but you're comfortable where you are. You maybe the money uh, is what you want it to be. And so you, you hang on to it or, or maybe the money's not, which is even more reason for you to change, but yet you hang on uh, instead of doing what it takes to make the change. We get comfortable and comfort um, produces a level of complacency. It, it produces something that we uh, then complain about, but we're not doing anything about it. So again, what are you waiting for? The Bible says, and the man said unto Lot, hast thou any besides son-in-law, thy sons, daughters, and whosoever thou hast in the city, bring them out to this place. So the visitors, the angels said to Lot, they're asking Lot. Now remember, Lot is the head of the house. And you are respectively the head of your house. So you, you should know or have a sense of what is going on in your house, even if it's something that is wrong. Now, if you know something is going on and is, is wrong, don't ignore it. If you had an unction, if you're feeling an unction that that your that your teenager is ditching school, don't 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 say, oh, that's just my feelings. Ask them. Find out if you have a feeling that something is is going astray with um, with someone that you, that's under your roof. You need to ask them. You need to ask them. Clear the air. Get rid of the elephant in the room. Ask them. It's your house. You as you as the head of the house, mom, dad. There's a responsibility of what is going on under your, you should know the, the count that is in your house. In other words, you, you know how many children you have. Uh, you know when you, when you go to bed at night, you lock the door, who was there and who was not there. Or if there's a possibility they sneaking out, listen. Lot was asked, is there anyone else here? He's the head of the house, he's supposed to know this. As the head, you're responsible for who is there and what happens in your home. And so he's told, listen, grab your sons and the daughters and anyone else related to you, because he was asked, is there anyone else in your home? There's an opportunity that has been presented there. Is there anyone else related to you by blood? Maybe the employment, uh, maybe a friendship, uh, you, you need to send a text. You need to call out to them. You need to do something to get their attention because of the severity of what is about to happen. Now, is there anyone important to you? Well, maybe you have a friendship. Maybe you have an associate or uh, a family member or in a relation. Are they important to you? Are they important enough for you to tell them about the Lord? and his will, his will is not doom and gloom. The Bible said that if we live in his, uh, that if we keep his commandments and that we'll live in his statue. So that's not a doom and gloom uh, statement. Anyone you want to be saved? Is there anyone you want to be saved? Or are you willing to let them know that? Lot, 
Is there anyone else here? Now, I know that Lot was being asked about immediately in his home, but uh, but let's just broaden it a little bit. Is there anyone, someone in your inner circle, someone that you have some influence over, but you're not sharing the gospel with them? You're not warning them about uh, things to come or the beauty and benefit of holiness. The Bible tells us without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so you have to be holy. Uh, the Bible said that. I didn't make that up. I, I didn't write that. And, and people have their own version of holiness. Uh, um, I know a gentleman I was just speaking with the other day, cussed like a, what they used to, the, the cliche was cussed like a sailor, you know, could find all kind of words and stuff. And at the same time, I'm a Christian and I just, we just finished having a, a, a wonderful singing Sunday and, and everything, and and don't forget the drinking and going to get high uh, on the, on the weekend coming up. When the Bible speaks about being holy, we have to stop and think what that is. We have to think about what we do to ourselves as well as what we're doing in front of others. Now. Some say, well, your version of holiness is not my version of holiness, just like uh, going just like you don't have to go to church because the church is everywhere. Well, well, that's not Bible. You'll never find that in the scriptures anywhere. God has an order. He is a God of order. And so he has set some things in order and he's not going to ignore it. I, I'm I'm the Lord, I'm God, and I change not. That's what the word of God says. So is there someone within your inner circle that you have influence over to let them know about being saved? Now, the 13th verse says, for we will destroy this place. This is the, the angels that are talking a lot. We're going to destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. We're, we're here on, on a on a purpose. We're here on a mission and a mission does not make you a missionary. These are angelic beings. Their titles didn't change because they were on a mission. Um, and that's another title that you won't find uh, in the Bible is missionary. You won't, neither will you find the title reverend or um, there's a few different ones that are given and people are living by uh, that you just won't find within the scripture. Now, I'm not not disrespecting that. I'm just saying that when we look at the word of God and you read the word of God and you examine the word of God, and you take the time to ingest the word of God, uh, you'll find that there are some things that just are not there. There are some things that were made up and applied and has been handed down through the years. Well, I like looking at those things, not to try to destroy them or to embarrass anyone or anything like that. I just need clarity on what I'm involved in. And I'm very much involved in the word of God, just like you are. And so they were sent to destroy uh, this city. The mission was clear from the start. They were dealing with sin and they were dealing with righteousness. You're not going to deal with sin and not deal with righteousness. 
you're not going to preach hellfire and brimstone and not talk about righteousness and not talk about deliverance and not talk about being saved from hellfire and brimstone. You're not going to be able to do that. You, you, you have to, you can't talk about one and not, and not talk about the other because you, you have to give a way of escape. God gave us a way of escape. As parents, we can learn a valuable lesson about dealing with issues. If we're going to deal with something that, that's not tasteful, something you really don't want to deal with, then, you know, it's easy to mix it up with something that is tasteful so that it can be easily digest. Now, Lot found himself in a situation. And in this situation, um, he was considered righteous and he was being offered deliverance. Now, we all know that destruction uh, was there. But prior to the destruction, uh, mercy was presented. So when we look at uh, chapter 18, verse 21. Uh, it says that I will go down now and see whether they have uh, whether they have done uh, altogether according to the cry of it. This is the Lord talking, and Abe, he, he they just finished eating um, some barbecue and some bread and some butter and and some milk. They just finished eating, and there's a conversation going on, and so. Um, the Lord is speaking. I'm going to go down and see whether they have what they have done altogether according to the cry of it. Sin makes a noise. Your blood. There are a lot of things that we do that have sound, audible sound. Uh, just like you walk into the room and you feel the environment, you feel the atmosphere in the room. You can walk in a room and know someone has been talking about you. You it change the atmosphere. There's a feeling there. And so there's a sound. And so we'll come back to that another day. But uh, but the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. I, I'll know. I'm, I'm going to check this out. Now, verse 23. And Abram said, Abram drew near and said, "Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked. Now, Abram is intervening. He, he is. um being a mediator in this moment. Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now, if there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 10, and, and the Lord said, no, if, if I can find that many, I will not. So there's mercy that is also there. Now, the Apostle Peter, elder brother, bishop of the Apostolic Church of God, in his second epistle uh, to the saints, he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. But as some men count slackness, but it's long suffering. God is long suffering toward us. God has been very long suffering toward, toward us. You know, how many years have the Lord waited to get uh, in his goodness was there getting to get your attention? You know, they used to sing a song. I heard heard uh, saints of old singing a song saying, he was there all the time. He was there all the time, waiting patiently 
for you and me. He was there all the time. God was there all the time. He was there when we was in when we had all the lights turned off, doing what we should not have been doing. When the lights was on, he was there. When we left, he left with us. When we came back, he came back with us. He was there all the time. He was long suffering toward us, not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now that's God's will. And it should be our will too. You should never wish anyone to go to hell. You should never wish destruction upon anyone. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they have done. Um, hell is not, even though it's a, used as a catchphrase and people wish it, uh, you go to hell, you know, and they make all kind of statements and, 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 and cursing at people. It's not someplace that you want anyone to go. No. It doesn't mean that you won't, that you didn't deal with something painful, something that broke you, something that hurt it bad. But hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for a person. But people will find themselves there by their own choice. But we're here today and we'll continue on as long as God gives us the breath in this body to say, don't go there. Don't do it. Uh, walk before the Lord and be perfect as he told Abram to do. The 12th verse tells us, and the man said unto Lot, hast thou here any besides sons-in-law your sons and your daughters and whosoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. There's an opportunity to escape. Is there anyone that can come that comes to your mind? You know, you, it's a good time. You ought to invite someone to church Sunday, someone that you that you go to, that you work with, someone that that your friend with, someone that you're acquainted with. Take someone to church with you Sunday. Don't take no for an answer. We don't take no for an answer when it comes to, uh, you know, people gather together for birthday parties, all kind of stuff. Look, take somebody to church with you, wherever your place of worship is at. You ought to make it a point. You know what? This Sunday, this person has not been there. And maybe it's a backslider. You haven't seen them in a while. So reach out to them. Is there anyone whosoever thou hast in this city? That's what they, he was told. Bring them out of this place. Bring them with you. Now, Sodom was not a targeted city. It was a geographical location where the blatant sin was acceptable as the norm above God's principles. So Sodom itself was not, you know, and zeroed in. It was not under the microscope. It was not something that was, you know, hey, I'm going after Los Angeles, you know, I'm going after Las Vegas. I'm going after Atlanta, you know, and I'm going to make them an example. No, it's just this was the place where everything was happening at. And it created a sound, something noticeable. And God heard it. Now, this was not the first time 
that we read in the scripture where this occurs. Genesis 6, beginning at the fifth verse, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creepy things and the files of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So again, even though there was an abundance of sin, there was yet grace and mercy. Now, the Bible said that uh, that uh, that where you find sin, there will be some uh, some mercy. There will be some grace. And so it won't all be bad in, in every place. Mr. and Mrs. Lot, their daughters, Leticia and Laquisha, and those are names that I gave them their fiances and anyone else that you that would listen had an opportunity to be saved. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Leticia and Laquisha's fiances did not follow. Why? Uh, they were accepted. They had a different view. They thought Lot was, was losing it and they loved where they were. Now, the Bible don't tell us much about them except that he had these sons-in-laws and and that uh, Leticia and Laquisha was deprived of their uh, consummation within their marriage. So, um, because if you recall, Lot says, hey, you know, when they pressed upon, uh, surrounded the house and pressed upon it, that Lot offered them and said, like, they've not known a man and so we're just going to take that as being true that they were uh, yet virgins. Now, understand salvation is a well-informed decision. Like school, employment, and other relationships, there are prerequisites. There are prerequisite, precondition, uh, basic uh, fundamentals that cannot be ignored. Now, I was looking at some, I love to study, I love to read, I love to engage in um and in, in, in learning something new or sharpening my skills, I, because I don't believe that a man, male or female, can rise above their knowledge. So when your knowledge stops, when it becomes limited, you're limited. And you reduce yourself to using the same words or, you know, or catchphrases or different things that, that you just use repeatedly because you have not expanded your vocabulary. You've not expanded your thinking. It makes it difficult to think outside the box when you don't uh, enlarge yourself. And, and so in, and in that, you, uh, there are prerequisites. You may not be able to jump right into statistics or other areas of, of uh, allegories and algorithms that are different. I like math. And so you, you get into those areas, but there are prerequisites. You have to cross some other bridges before you get there. And it's the same in other areas. And so with God, it's the same. He has his prerequisites. He has his preconditions, basics, fundamentals that cannot be ignored. And so let's step back. 
But let's step back and take a look at something here because we're talking about the mercy of God, talking about how gracious God is and um, and that these angels are there to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I meant to prefix this um, earlier to ask this question and, and I, I let it get slipped by me, so I need to ask it here. God is merciful and he had mercy. Now, he's righteous, he's just. And so he don't just, he don't just target people and, and without giving them an opportunity, without giving them a chance. And so my question is, uh, Sodom was found in a certain condition. But prior to this, was the gospel message presented to them? Was righteousness presented to them? Was the principles of God presented to them? Who would, would, who would have been the gospel messenger that would have presented the message? So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about it. Every situation that comes up, uh, there is, before it gets to that extreme, uh, there's an opportunity to stop, to, to hit the brakes. Yeah, tap the brakes. Yeah, there's an opportunity. So when did the opportunity uh, for Sodom to tap the brakes uh, come up? Well, you're going to have to dig into the scriptures. There's an answer. And so uh, let's read Genesis, the 14th chapter, beginning at the 11th verse. It says, and they, and they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the uh, uh, victuals and went their way. So there was an invasion that took place. They took Lot, Abram's brother's son, and who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. So Lot is taken captive at the same time of, during this invasion. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the lanes of Maring, uh, excuse me, and the uh, Amorites. And so they are letting him know and so Abram, I'm going to paraphrase, he puts together a confederate, he gets together with it, and they go and they retrieve Lot and the women and his staff and, and the different things. And so Abram has a, he has a small army. He has the people that is trained with him. And so it's important that we train and understand what leadership wants. Abram was the leader and, and those that was with him trained under him. Uh, those that was born in this house, his employees. And they went and they got the people back. They brought back all the goods and uh, Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And that's the 16th verse. That's what it says. Now, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter. So after they had got the victory, the king of Sodom came out. But not only did the king of Sodom come out, but also the Bible said in the 18th verse, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the high priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. 
and blessed be the most high God, which have delivered thy enemies into thy hand and have given them tithes. And he gave him tithes of all. Now, the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons. I'm going to take the people and you take the goods to yourself. And I thought that was kind of interesting. He wanted to take the slaves. But um, and Abram said to the king of Sodom, I've lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Well, here's a witness. Here's a testimony here of Abram exalting the Lord in the presence of the king of Sodom. He's lifting up God. I lift up my hands unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And he goes on to tell him that, every, I'm paraphrasing again, that whatever you have to offer, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want you to, to be able to say that you did anything for me, King of Sodom. I don't want you to, to, say, to be able to say anything like that. I want you to know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. It's not coming from your hand. It's not coming from anyone else. But it's coming from what God has presented, what God has done. And so I'm going to leave you with that. But I want you to think about that. The king of Sodom at this point is, has received a testimony from Abram that God is high and lifted up and that there's no one greater than him in all the earth and all of heaven. We don't know what else the conversation may have gone on um, between the lines, but I think the probability is pretty high that Abram understood, excuse me, that the king of Sodom understood that there's someone greater, someone that we all need to bow to. The 14th verse, I'll jump on back to 1914. And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-law, which married his daughters and said, get up out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemeth as one that mocketh unto his son-in-law. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here. Least thou be consumed in iniquity of the city. Now, you can't go along, saints and friends, you can't go along with everything that's going on, the new, what they consider the normal or, you know, everything is art. You can't go along with everything. We co-sign a lot of things unconsciously. We co-sign. When we're, we're sitting there and we're watching it and we don't say nothing, and I'm not talking about jump all into a conversation and beat nobody up or nothing like that. I'm just saying that, that we co-sign a lot of things and, and sometimes we do it consciously and other times it was unconscious, but we co-sign some things when we shouldn't. And so when you are aware, when you are aware of something that you cannot participate from, then you have to uh, uh, remove yourself from it. Don't get involved in it. 
or else you'll be consumed by that thing. And this is what Lot was told. Get your family together. Get everybody here in the house. Get it. At least I'll be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, Lot, why are you waiting? What's up with that? But I think all of us can stop and, and say, well, now, wait a minute. You know, we've heard we've heard the word of God. We've we've had unctions. We had dreams. We've had visions. We knew what we were supposed to do. And we didn't move in a timely manner. We kind of lingered. Let's look at that now and, and think about it. And let's not linger when we know it's something we have to do. It's something that we know is going to benefit our families. Something we know is going to benefit us as an individual, going to benefit our children, going to benefit us financially, going to benefit us emotionally, mentally, physically. Let's not linger. What, what are we waiting for? We don't have to wait for someone to take us by the hand because it may not happen. Now, Lot was he was taken by the hand and they grabbed his wife's hand and the hand of his two daughters and, and they pulled them out of the city. They led them out. The Lord being merciful unto him and brought him forth, set him without the city. Let's move. Let's not wait. Let's not linger around and, and, and say, you know, use excuses. Well, if the Lord will, no, that unction, all the signs have been there, the things that are telling us that it's time for change and what we need to do. We don't have to sit around and, and make excuses and hide behind uh, verses that make us feel justified. Well, if the Lord will, no. If you listen to what God is saying, he's telling you what his will is. I was speaking with someone and they said um, they said they were preparing something for work. And they needed to take some tests and to, to move forward to advance their career. And they said that the Lord will. And I reminded them of the word of God, which says, I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So that is his will. So you don't have to pray about it. It's already his will that we would be okay, both spiritually and naturally. But do we apply that to ourselves? Why are you waiting? Why are you lingering? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this short exhortation. Thank you for your word this evening. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice. Lord God, each one that have taken time to tune in, those that will tune in later. Lord God, thank you for blessing. Ask that you would encourage their hearts, help them, Lord God, to meditate on your word. As, as the psalmist said, uh, that he meditated in your word day and night, that we should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for you are merciful. You give us a way of escape, Lord Jesus, from sin. You've given us a way of escape from, from different areas of pain, emotional, physical. Lord God, you've given us a, a way out. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the way out. Thank you for the leading of your spirit. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the awareness that comes when we find ourselves in situations so that we you've you've provided an escape plan for each of us. Thank you. Lord God, continue to strengthen your people and to bless them, Lord. Lord God, and to bless each one of us to hear your voice, to be attentive, Lord God, and to take action, not to linger, not to wait, not to make excuses. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that, that as they go to respect, uh, respective ways to work, maybe to rest, maybe on their lunch breaks, Lord, wherever they are, Lord Jesus, you know geographically, and I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we'll continue to give you the praise and to give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, remember, there was a question that was presented that prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was a gospel message preached to them. Did they receive a word from the Lord? Now, my answer to that is yes. What is your answer? God bless you.